order Popeyes at 5 a.m. and they don't throw any fucking hot sauce in the bag. It's fucking rage. <laughs> to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, Tuesday, February 25th. I'm Jay Skeets, alongside me as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <laughs> Lily. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and your comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach on Wednesday, so you got good 24 hours or so to get those cues in right now. And before we start here, I guess we learned that you cannot wear a dangling earring while you're doing a podcast. Trey rocking the D-Wade-like <laughs> dangler, but you had to take it off. Yeah, you know... In a, in a limited uh, choice scenario, I had to go with this most dangling one. It looks... Tess, you said it's a leaf. I think this is a leaf. I thought it was a feather at first, but apparently, Skeets, your wife Nora made these. Oh, interesting. And they're in our house. Uh, Laura wears them. And I thought this was the coolest one that blended the dangle with the daintiness and the toughness I was looking for. <laughs> but since it's on a long, hard, like a straight thing, that's the part that really hurts when it gets mm. smashed by the headphones. But, uh, you know, we got a whole week to experiment here. so Okay. Yeah. You'll be trying different ones? Oh, absolutely. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Laura was very upset when I told her I was going to wear her dangly ear. She's like, where are you going to wear them? In public? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wear them to work. And then back home, she's like... Well, I won't be with you, so that's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But no problems with it going back in the hole then? Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Uh, right. I had to shove it through the back for right. sure, but uh, oh. no blood came out, so I was happy about that. Interesting. Just skin. Okay. Fascinating. Just How about you? Try and shove any through? No, I didn't try. Any didn't sleepers try. or studs in <laughs> no, those bad boys? No, no, I might have to go and have a look. at rummage around my wife's uh, earring area, I suppose. Well, I'm only using half of every pair, so maybe we could have matchers every day. And, yeah. Sure. The earring area. The jewelry box. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's scattered around. She's got more than oh, one. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. yeah. All right, let's get into it with a little what you got here. What you got? What you got? Yeah, a little what you got based off of some of last night's games and storylines. First one, I think it's a good one, guys. Tough one. Better performance. Joel Embiid going for a career-high 49 points versus the Hawks. Or Bradley Beal dropping 55 one night after scoring 53 points. Unfortunately, in a loss. But better performance. Embiid, Beal, what you got? Come on. It's Bradley Beal, isn't it? He's doing it against a good defensive team in the Milwaukee Bucks. And he's coming on a back-to-back. And... He had to bring his team back from a huge deficit. And, ah, oh man, that, that was so, must be so deflating for him. I don't expect anyone's ever gone 50 in back-to-back games and lost both games in, in NBA history. Maybe it's happened I think before. Kobe, they said it happened. Oh, did it? Kobe, okay, right. No but, uh, you know, Beal, um, it's been a rough season for him. And, and going up against the Bucks, full squad Bucks, uh, you think they're going to get pounded. Yeah. And they were. And then Beal dragged that team back in, in a real uh, all-star type way, you know, hitting those threes, going inside, getting the uh, layups, getting mid-range shots. He looked awesome out there. And it, j- it just sort of felt maybe if they got to overtime, because Giannis fouled out, he had a 
by his standards, a bad game. So there was a chance there sure. for the uh, Washington Wizards. But uh, unfortunately, Beal wasn't able to just drag his team over the line. Chris Middleton was awesome again. He went for 40. But uh, I'm a little biased because I'm a big Bradley Beal fan. But yeah. it, was, it was great to see him back up uh, Sunday night's 53 with with an even better 55. Even if they both came in last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're obviously not going to make the playoffs anyway, Washington. I think we've established that, haven't we? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> they, this, this was the week here to help their chances yeah. of maybe getting in there. But yeah, probably not now with these else. No. No, I mean, the Bucks have got the best defense in the league. So, you know, that's why I, I lean towards uh, my bias in Bradley Beal. What do you guys think? Of course it's Bradley Beal. He's had uh, he's at the peak of his powers. This is the best Bradley Beal we've seen, and it's just time to uh, appreciate what he's doing out there. Back-to-back career highs like that, uh, 53 and 55. On the day uh, of Kobe's memorial, he goes for uh, the first time that somebody's had back-to-back 50-point nights and back-to-back nights since Kobe in 2007. It just hasn't been done very often in NBA history where guys had 50 on back-to-back nights. Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Bernard King are the oldies. And then a little bit more current, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and now Bradley Beal. That's it. That's the whole list. That's that's impressive stuff. And uh, it, it was fun the fourth quarter. Oh. The final 20, 22 points of 24 in regulation. Uh, and he said, "This is probably the most fun game I've ever played, and yeah. this is what we're this is what we're about here. It's about fun, and it was enjoyable <laughs> to watch him. It's just it was just so much more impressive than Joel Embiid, who you know Trey predicted it going into last night against an Atlanta Hawks front line that gives up points after points after points right. after points after points. And sometimes it, it, it's fun for us, I think, right now to be mad at Joel Embiid because he's doing it one night and not doing it the other night. So he gets he doesn't he doesn't get the credit." Uh, like Bradley Beal should right now, who's doing it night in and night out. And it's okay that he, it came in a loss. Who cares? I think the Wizards are 1-8 when he scores 40 points this season. <laughs> Is that his fault? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's the Washington Wizards. But, hey, it was cool to see Shabazz Napier being the number two guy for the Washington <laughs> Wizards so for cool. a night. It's cool to see that name. That used to be uh, – that was LeBron's man, right? Yeah, best point guard in the draft. And, and he joined them, but it didn't help. It did not help. I'm with you guys, though. It was Beal. It was against the best defense in the league. Well done, but also well done to Embiid, who actually went out and dominated like he should have. You know, hit 49, a career high. There's nobody inside for the Hawks that can honestly guard him, and he drew three fouls against Dwayne Dedman and John Collins in the first quarter. He drew eight fouls in total mm-hmm. against the big men, 12 against the Hawks. But it would have been easy also for Embiid to just hang out in the po- uh, on the perimeter, shoot threes, you know. He's going to be the main offensive guy with Ben Simmons out, so he could have done whatever he wanted. But what he wanted to do was be inside, which I think is uh, major for the 76ers. Didn't like at the end, though, the finger. I like that he apologized <laughs> he for it. He did apologize pretty quick for it, didn't he? Because, honestly, he should have. The guy shot a step back three when he was going for a career high with 30 seconds left in a 20-point game. Right. That's just as bad as Kevin Herter stealing, stealing the, the ball, ball from behind you. So, uh, at least he backtracked on that one because, I don't know, that would have that been super whack to me. Yeah. That just would have been whack to me. But uh, <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. He gave the finger to... He gave the finger to Kevin Herter yeah. on the court and uh, then apologized in his oh, game. I didn't see that. Yeah. You don't see that very often. Though. Yeah, straight finger. <laughs> straight finger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but you do see that at the end of games for Joel Embiid when he's having a good night. He pulls out the Jimmy Butler sidestep. The, the exact move that Jimmy Butler used to do to get his shot off and still does with the Miami Heat, but he did it with the Sixers. He pulls he pulls that out when he's having a great night. Yeah. Joel Embiid feeling it from the perimeter. That's what he always does, and it, it goes in. But, yeah, no fingers. No fingers <laughs> I allowed. wonder if he'll get fined for that. It's possible because we've seen guys get fined yeah. for giving the finger to the crowd. I mean, sure. Anthony Davis yeah. not that long ago got the $15,000 fine. It is different with the player, but <laughs> he might. I mean, it's not a good look. They don't want the nah, star yeah. players – 
flipping the bird to people. Surprised you didn't go with the Lee Ellis double down. <laughs> yeah. I think that one's allowed on the court. For he, sure. uh, the thing about Embiid last night, you mentioned there, you know, John Collins is 6'9", but he's a, a small 6'9", against Embiid. And Dwayne Dedman is not that big. It looked like baby Shaq out there yeah. a couple of times, Embiid. Really just saying, again, we you know talked about it last week in Tanet saying, I'm so much bigger than you guys. I can just back you down and score anytime I want. And when he's feeling good, you see he, all the little tricks and things he does where he's uh, celebrating the little steps, he's pushing there with uh, Dwayne Dedman. He's, he's doing all that stuff that when he's in that mood and he's playing that way, he is truly a dominant player. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part. Yeah. Night in and night out. It, it, how many times, how many shows in a row have we talked about Joel Embiid being this way? And then he goes post-game and he gets on Instagram and says, that was fun. And you're allowed after your career high to have quote-unquote fun but he goes from hey i'm having fun i'm not having fun hey i'm having fun it just it yeah it just fluctuates and they did get booed again last night yeah that's they're unbeaten when they get booed. <laughs> that's I right think. well that's right i mean they were up huge in this game and then the hawks went on that that third quarter run they started it off 23 to 9 you had trey young hitting the deep bomb at the end of that quarter and mm-hmm. suddenly they were up and it's like I, we talked about it you're right it's uh, this jekyll and hyde sixers team from one game to the next but even one half to the next or one quarter to the next and a big part of it is Embiid. but they got the win in the end and, and a dominant win too and tobias harris stepping up and the news with them of course related news ben simmons is expected to be sidelined for an undetermined period of time due to this back injury and so you know there's been a lot of talk about the idea of trying to like figure out whose team is this or who is more important to this team is it ben simmons or is it joel Embiid, or is that even a silly question and they both could dominate together with the right pieces around them maybe even the right coach who knows but we're going to see here over the next little bit they got this road trip coming up there's going to be no ben simmons like we don't even know like hopefully this is not drastic news mm. here and it's like well we're shutting them down for the rest of the season it's in play it's i mean with a, with a back injury and a young guy in play and with the reporting around it being that we've done the test we don't know what it what it is but it's not a day-to-day thing yeah. and he was super upset when it happened yeah yeah, so, and yeah multiple know. tests on multiple days it mm-hmm. wasn't just one test oh we'll figure this out they had to go get a second opinion so yeah the scary stuff for uh, a big man as well and and he's not he's not little that's a big back. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. Very big and, man. And Simmons Huge has been man. playing really, really well in the, like the last twenty games or, score, uh, or so. You know, scoring over twenty points per game, shooting the ball incredible, and then gives you all NBA sort of defense caliber um, on that end of the floor and the defensive end of the floor. So this is a big loss. Coach Brown said the Sixers are not going to try and replace Simmons with one guy here, and then he's going to opt for this <laughs> point guard by committee thing. Um, Shake Milton got the start. Uh, sort of in that point guard role. He did all right, 7-5-6 and six as, as your playmaker. But Josh Richardson playing some point, too. It's going to have to be this thing. Tobias Harris going to get more shots, going to have to step up. And he chipped in 25 versus the Hawks. So, you know, a decent start here, but it's going to get a lot interesting when they go on this road trip. And, there, yeah, there are some bad teams they're playing maybe in California, but then you do have the Lakers and Clippers. Mm-hmm. And I would say even those bad teams out there are not easy wins on a long road trip. Out to uh, out to Cali, so yeah, we'll see. Especially here. with them being a very bad road team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, so They're on, nine and twenty on, on the road. Yeah, so yeah, the Sacramento Kings aren't an easy win. Nobody's an easy win at all for the Philadelphia 76ers, But teams like the Kings are playing better and and fighting for their lives. But maybe it's good for Joel Embiid to be in the number one role with the bullet without Ben Simmons being there for a while, just because. Yeah. Just to have a little bit more pressure on him because yeah he fluctuates from being awesome to being sort of blending in with the rest of those guys. So I, can't, I guess it's not a bad thing going into the playoffs, but 
Yeah, they need Ben. I think it is. I think it's a bad thing. I think that we've had this battle for the entire season. Wh- whose team is it? Simmons or Embiid? Simmons or Embiid? Simmons or Embiid? I think they can play together. I think it's fine. And we were seeing how they were going to work together when Al Horford went to the bench. But pretty much as soon as he went to the bench, Ben Simmons got hurt. And now we're not going to get to see the lineup of Simmons, Embiid, and more shooting around that team without all the power forwards and centers out there. Maybe for the rest of the season, or maybe it's just a couple of weeks. But still, that's about how much time we have left in the season. We're not going to get to see what I would imagine is the Sixers' best lineup right. out there sure. until the playoffs. So For sure. I just, in trouble. I just worry more about Joel Embiid's effort level. That's what I'm more yeah. worried about. So maybe if he's got pressure on him, maybe he realizes, hey, I, I, can put, I should put a few weeks together, string them together of me being the primary option and just working hard mm-hmm. night in and night out. But no, this isn't their best lineup. And, yeah, they should get more reps with their guys that are going to be surrounding those two big boys in the playoffs. But we've also had a lot of those reps, and it hasn't worked out quite yet. Uh, just back to that Bucks wizards it would have been crazy if Troy Brown, Troy Brown Jr. hits that three. Mm. We would have could, could have been looking at a, a 60-plus point game yeah. from Bradley Beal if, if we get another uh, overtime period. And Chris Middleton, you said it, the cool 40. I mean, the 45 and 5, to me – I think it's either Chris Middleton or Paul George, or you could tell me if there's somebody else out there. Those two guys, in terms of, like, the championship, are the ultimate, like, just playoff wild cards to me, like, at the level they're playing. Uh, Whereas, like, Middleton is like this. He has been over the last couple of weeks or months, it feels like now. Then unbelievable Bucks team, of course, to pair with him, with pair with Giannis, and then this Paul George is like, is he healthy? Can, what level is he playing at? And does that help the chances of the Clippers? Those two guys, and maybe I'm missing somebody else that you would throw in there. In terms of the title, like wow, the title could swing to one team or the other. Man, if they're balling at the levels they can, yeah, just, their team is just special. Middleton's unbelievable. Right? Yeah, they can't miss. And he scored their last nine points yeah. and assisted on the three to Bledsoe. So again, yeah. in overtime, making all the crucial plays, Giannis out. He's like, okay, it's my team now, and answered the bell. And that uh, that just must give Budenholzer and the Bucks uh, coaching staff so much confidence, knowing they've basically got a second closer out there right. in those sort of situations. So. Yeah, very, very. At least during the regular season. Yeah, that's exactly. what I mean. Yeah. If he, I mean, because Bledsoe's. Let's the, say Giannis gets into foul trouble in a in a key game yeah. three or four in a in a tough series, and you know, okay, it's Middleton time. Can you can you lead him to a victory? Yeah, uh, because Bledsoe's the big question mark in the playoffs. Yeah, he hasn't been able to perform for them, and this this is the the season now where Bledsoe really has to deliver in the playoffs. So, uh, but again, Middleton, the season he's having is just so incredibly underrated yeah. and, and and flying under the radar, really. I was wishing the Washington Wizards would make that eight seed and get into the playoffs over uh, a team like the Orlando Magic because I want to see Bradley Beal in the playoffs. And Chris Middleton definitely agrees with me. He would love to see <laughs> the Wizards. The Wizards, yeah. He's had two games against yeah. them this year. He had his career high. Giannis wasn't in the first game against the Wizards. He had 51. And then he had this 40-point game. Those are two really, really good Chris Middleton. He just lights up seeing this Wizards team like a lot of teams do. We're talking about uh, a bad, bad Wizards team. But that 7-8 battle last night, I kind of want to take back, retract my, hey, I want the Wizards in the playoffs. Because that that Brooklyn Nets Magic game, it was all right. Yeah, but they won't be playing each other in the first round. No, but but I think they could probably – they both took a game off of the teams they played in the playoffs last year. Brooklyn and Orlando both made the playoffs last year. They They won game one. Orlando Orlando and uh, stole a game from Toronto, the eventual champs. Brooklyn stole one from Philly. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm trying to big up these teams for some reason just because I want to be excited 
mid-April to late April for yeah. a first round. But, uh, you know, it's not it's not that exciting to see two sub-500 teams in there. But it was all right last night. Well, it was cool because we got a couple sort of game-saving blocks. The Aaron Gordon block on, uh, I guess that was Lavert cutting back door in that game. That was an incredible, incredible block coming over, help defense there. And then in this one, this Wizards-Bucks game, Robin Lopez, I mean, maybe saved the game. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably did. It was going to be a Rui Hachimura probably layup. Yep. Um, but he comes over, and Rui obviously was short on time. This happened, like, with one second to go. What a beautiful pass from Beal. Everybody's thinking Beal's shooting yeah. that. Like, why wouldn't you? The guy's on fire and totally got the back in the game. Nice pass inside, but unbelievable recovery there from Robin. Sends it into the overtime. That was huge. Those are awesome blocks. I love, I love a game-saving block. <laughs> and almost almost more like than a rebound. Or a rebound. Yeah, I think I like Tell me how you feel more. about a screen up top. Ooh, <laughs> I love it if it's screen set assist. nice. Yeah, that's right. And then the other way, Pat Connaughton had the opportunity for a, a, game, a game-winning alley-oop. The guy was just in a slam dunk contest, and he couldn't catch an alley-oop. <laughs> I found that really weird. It wasn't the, the best of passes. It could have been a little loftier, but... Bet if somebody was holding the ball on top of his head, he would have got it. <laughs> yeah, he just needed to tackle a fall out there or, or Giannis out there to bang it off the board and put it down. Uh, I think uh, at Christian Ho, No Dunks fan, tweeted in, um, he may have figured out what the Bucks' real motive is this season. I think he's got a point. He says, the Bucks want to win the championship not because of the Larry O'Brien but because they want the custom WWE championship belt from Triple H. <laughs> That's why they're doing all this point. wrestling in yeah. the back pregame. They've got it all settled. They've got tag team matches going on. It's a, you know, it's a winner take all sometimes. Falls count, any, pins count anywhere. Yeah, they want the belt. They don't care about the Larry O'Brien. Imagine they were like, they give them, they hand them the, uh, the trophy. And they're like, no, 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 no. Where's the belt? <laughs> yeah, I, I can see it happening. And it just makes me think that it's too bad the Lopez brothers got so tall. Because maybe in another world, they would have gone to play in the NFL so they could go to Disneyland after winning oh, yeah. the That's Super right. Bowl. That's right. <laughs> That's definitely where they're going if they do win. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Next one here. I'll throw it at you. Bigger upset from last night. The Cavs rallying from a 22-point deficit to beat the Heat in overtime. Or the Suns crushing the Jazz by 20 in Utah. What you got? I'm off the Jazz right now. It's not a shock. They've lost their last two games at home prior to this pretty badly to decent teams, the Spurs and the Rockets. Mm -hmm. So that was a bad loss to Phoenix. But it has to be the Cavs coming back from 22 down. I think in overtime, it was like the Cavs were winning the championship. Kevin Love and Tristan (laughs) Thompson were jumping into each other's arms uh, at the end when Love had that layup. And this was a game where there was no Jimmy Butler for the Heat. Um, Eric Spolster made no excuses about that after the game. But up 22... It's it's been a disastrous season there in Cleveland. You thought oh, the Heat, this is there. They're going to close this one out. I'm sure, Bam was on fire. He had yeah. flirted with the uh, five, five by five. five. He had an incredible game. Yeah. Oh my God, he is incredible. Um, but for the for the Cavs to come back and show fight and heart and hustle and enjoy the victory, the crowd looked like they've never seen such a side out there. Well, they haven't. They in have. a while. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Love was playing the three during the comeback. <laughs> That's why it was super weird. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and Larry, and Larry Nance. Nance were the reason that the Cavs came back last night. I don't know what happened uh, with the Heat. They just stopped scoring. They had 102 points with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they ended up with 119. Where's that Sixers energy for the Heat? Mm. They've lost six of their last eight. They're 13 and 18 on the road. They just blew a huge lead to a terrible team. Yeah. Iggy's the cooler. <laughs> you well, might this be right. Was, this was, uh, I got to go with the bigger upset being the Cavs, mainly because this was the Heat's first loss in overtime uh, this yeah. season, too. That was the other thing. They were 8 0. Yeah. They never lost in overtime this year, and they finally dropped one here. Um, but you said the bigs for the Cavs. How about uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s 
game of his career, early career, uh, going for the 30 points and contributing in the fourth, uh, and pairing him with Garland there. Unconventional lineup. The Bickerstaff bump is real. <laughs> the JB Bicker bump. What a win. I thought, you're right, because the Heat had just played them and demolished them, too. Yep. And it's like, oh, here we go again. Okay, no, no shocker. And then they come back from 19 down at the start of the fourth. This is how JB gets a, a full-time contract, I too. It, it, might, it might. Yeah. But them playing hard, you don't see it often. Playing, they look like they were having fun. Yeah. And, and that's not something you could say about the Cavs this season. Um, but, yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. having good seasons this year. It's confusing. Mm. It's confusing at times. Like, what? Porter Jr.? Hang on. Ah, this one. Okay, oh, yeah, different guy. One? Yeah. yeah. No, but he, he lit it up last night. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael Porter Jr., definitely the Nuggets' best prospect, and I think Kevin Porter Jr. is the Cavs' best prospect, yep. despite having Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in their backcourt. Kevin Porter Jr. is smooth. Uh, he's, he's got that game. Um, he's doesn't let anyone speed him up he's a 19 year old young fella and uh i like how he hasn't just been thrown into the starting lineup like colin sexton has been for his first two years of his career kevin porter has come in off the bench as a rook uh and yeah definitely his best game but totally in control and also didn't foul out he had five fouls for basically the entire fourth quarter and i did a lot out there he was he was the key to me watching that game right yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know. I, I just keep coming back to the fact that, like, the Sixers lose a game to the Bucks, the best team in the league. They lose by 20. They say they're never going to win the championship. But the Heat can lose a game like this, and nobody cares. Should we split up Butler and Bam Adebayo? <laughs> well, listen, Do they not wow, have enough shooting? That's, that's like, a, honestly, it's yeah. the same thing. No, it is it's the not. Same, it is. Bam Adebayo starting for the first time in his career. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have been playing together for three years. Winning 50 games a season. Yeah. And so you'd expect them to get better when they just signed a max player in Al Horford, a max player. People, why shouldn't expectations be higher for that team than a team that That's Bam all Adebayo. expectations. Just look at the teams, though. Look at the way they're playing. Bam Adebayo, is this, this is his coming out party. Ben Simmons has been an all-star. Joel Embiid's been an all-star. We thought he would be MVP. So, yeah, we expected them to be a better than a 50-win team. Shouldn't shouldn't there be expectations on guys like that? Yeah, the Heat lost a game. Sixers lose a game. They're, so if they go into the playoffs and, and yeah, they're, they're similar teams, isn't it disappointing if the, the Sixers lose? to the Heat, but it's not as disappointing if the Heat lose to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. I, I, there should be expectations. We thought he was going to be MVP. That, these guys are older and more polished, and uh, yeah, that's all. Then why are we picking the Cavs upset over the Jazz? Losing again, you said. Third in a row at home. Man. What's and, going on with and, them? And, and where's yeah, their defense? Yeah. They stink. Where the Jazz it? are terrible right now, and honestly, it's feeling a little bit like Roy Hibbert and Pero Antic because you look at the second half of this game, the Suns were playing small. Dario Saric was playing the five. He was a plus 16 in eight minutes. Rudy Gobert, minus 26 in 18 minutes in the second half. They were just getting wide open shots every single time. Javon Carter was just basically standing at the top of the key. They'd run a pick and roll. Suddenly he's wide open. Gobert is getting very upset that he's not getting the ball because if he's having to run out there and try and guard guys on the perimeter and then try and get back to the rim and then he never touches the ball inside, that's a problem. Got to feed the big man. Yeah, not, but they got killed. That's a, yeah. The, the, he's getting stretched. I get all that because that's what you should do against the Jazz and try and beat that great defense, which has completely fallen off the cliff. Um, Roy but they got Hibbert. Roy, uh, Roy Hibbert. They got outscored sixty-six to forty-two in the paint. The yeah. Suns did it. The work inside. 
And then Mitchell was the only one that did anything offensively for the Jazz as well last night. The Jazz's defense. This is a bad, bad loss. I don't think we should overlook this one. No, but their defense <laughs> in February is 23rd in the league. Yeah. And, and you saw a couple of times Rubio and other guys would just walk in, see Gobert there, and just go, well, I'm just going to float it over you. Like, yeah. he doesn't have that intimidation factor anymore. You know, that, that was the, their backbone was always, you go inside and you know Gobert's contesting your shot, making it hard for you to put it in. Right now, same thing against the Rockets, same thing against the Spurs with DeJounte Murray and those guys. They were just like, we're not really afraid of this guy anymore. And once he's, if he doesn't have that defensive impact, those other guys like Bogdanovich and even Joe Ingles, they do get exposed a lot because Rudy Gobert covers up for a lot of their defensive errors on the perimeter. So Quinn Snyder has got some serious work to do because they have fallen badly. These three home losses, all winnable games for a, a contending team if they are. And they get pounded. I but then mean, again, they might just be trying to avoid the Rockets. <laughs> they might be doing this on purpose. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. half kidding. Uh, and this was the Rubio revenge game. Too. Yeah. 22 points, 11 assists, 7 I mean, steals. He was only there two seasons. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. He didn't want to leave, he said. <laughs> yeah. Nice little revenge game there. I for think, I think there's a reason why uh, Yeah, Richard Rubio had uh, the, uh, the night of his season. It's, One of his it, best games. Yeah, that was, a, that was awesome, actually. He, he was pretty cool to watch. And uh, I don't know. It's a little bit of a... A little bit of a hey uh, coming out of the All Star break. We're a little bit uh, not ready to work. Really is what it, I, I know. They struggled a little bit before in, in late January too, but the three losses have been since the All Star break. And I know Rudy Gobert's getting exposed, but everybody else isn't playing on a string either. Nobody That's really for sure. cares. I feel like Conley is getting blown by all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talk about how he has probably lost a step offensively and how they haven't figured out how to integrate him, but. Defensively, you expect him to show up and be able to shut down Rubio, make it tough on him, make it tough on Devin Booker, and that was not the case. Yeah. Same with Royce O'Neal, I thought, was getting blown by all the time last night. And then Gobert isn't able to be at the rim when you're playing a bunch of small guys, and that's how you're getting a lot of points at the paint, wide-open shots. Yeah, so they weren't together on defense, and I think that, that just parlays into offense. They just weren't playing together on, on the offensive end either, just overlooking open guys. And it's it's strange. It's strange to see that, that team that's supposed to be this rugged, uh, hey, we love each other type of type of squad, and they're going to have to get by more on the sum of their parts than than their stars. That's got to happen. It's yeah. got to happen at some point if they're going to want to well, turn only, around. They've only won games over the last couple of years because of their defense. It's not was was because of their offense. They tried to address that in the offseason. They did. They they added more offense, and yeah. you know Conley of course struggled. But when they don't have any defense, they're not going to outscore teams. That's just the way it is with this squad. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, so it's just weird that you said, what are they, 23rd in February? I mean, February's rating. defense, yeah, Crazy. because they had that big run of wins. They won 14 yeah. out of 15, sort of late December, early January. And that was the January. easy, easy part of their schedule. Yeah. Very Look, easy. I'm looking back at the, over that schedule now. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, they yeah. had to win those games. But even in a lot of those games, they were giving up for the Jazz a lot of points. Right, right. So there was, there was perhaps some signs there that their defense wasn't all that good. Their offense was was surviving against bad teams. But, uh, yeah, they're... they're you so know. you were talking about, uh, on, I guess, Twitter here this morning, the Jazz are out of the title contention group for you. Rule They've them been out. kicked off the, out of the table. They're, they're away Not from the, the table. It's, it's time to start passing the list down. And, uh, and, and I've removed the Jazz because they just... You know, again, their staple is defense. And if their defense isn't there, it takes a lot to get that back to the top echelon of the league. And, again, I've, I've seen these last three games. I've been watching them, and it's like, wow. They don't, they don't, nobody fears them at all anymore. So, uh, and again, home games like this, I mean, this is the, exactly what you want out of the all-star break. You've got your two yeah. all-stars. Yeah, it's true. You know, they should be feeling good about themselves. Uh, you think, okay, these other teams are traveling for their first game. 
this is a chance for us to win. They play the Celtics next as well at home on Wednesday night. That's a huge game before they also get the Wizards home. Then they go for four on the road. So the Jazz could really... What, so what's uh, what's your table looking like? How many how many settings do how you have there? How many contenders? How many plates I've got, are there? Uh, Five. All right. So you're t- you said you took this list down. I mean, it's like yeah. a, it you're, starts at. Oh, you had a wedding uh, coming up. You're yeah. like, oh, let's invite everybody. And then you're like, well, hold on, that's going to cost a lot. I mean, do we need my second cousin there? Is that what you're saying here? So you yep. parse it down from like eight or nine to five. Yep. Is, that's what we're saying. So this will go through them. Bucks, obviously. One. Bucks and Lakers. Okay. Uh, the Raptors are a contender for mine. Okay. Uh, the Boston Celtics are a contender. Okay. And then I've got the uh, Denver Nuggets. Over the Clippers, wow, no yeah. Clippers, huh? I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling the Clippers right now. I'm not feeling. Interesting. Right. I love it. Yeah. Interesting. Because uh, again, the Clippers don't even know themselves right now, and who knows even who's playing with them from night to night. And even though I know they've lost some games, well, that they've, they've got their full squad here now. Yeah, and, and they won last night against yeah. the Grizzlies, but who knows how long this is going to last. And there's a little bit of internal chaos with that oh, team. come on. I'm come taking on. the Clippers over the Nuggets any day of the week. You know, well, see, you know with, all, with considering all teams, like, both teams healthy-ish. You yeah, know? well, that's come good. On. I'm glad you are, because I'm right. taking the Nuggets. All right. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. One more. One more here, guys. This one's looking ahead a little bit, because it's a nice little schedule here on a Tuesday night. I want you to tell me, tonight's must-watch TNT game. You can only pick one, in theory. <laughs> Bucks Raptors or Pelicans Lakers? What you got? More enticing TNT game tonight. Hmm. That's tough. Bucks Raptors is more enticing for me, but I'm more likely to watch Pelicans Lakers because I'm going to be flipping pizzas. When it's Bucks versus oh, Raptors time, go. that's what right. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm going to a pizza making class oh, tonight. Oh, you're actually yeah. flipping pizzas. Yeah, I'll be flipping pizzas. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if that that's was enticing to me. Off or something. Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, maybe, maybe later, maybe during Pelicans Lakers, I'll toss some more pizzas. Uh, we're talking about two of the top teams in the league here, though: the Bucks and the Raptors. Yeah. And this is a possible Bucks loss if you're looking on the schedule, right? They played last night. Now they got to go play against a good team in the Raptors. Yep. In Toronto. This could be one of those few losses we're seeing during the rest of the regular season for the Bucks. It's weird that these two Possible. two teams play tonight and then twice more. The Bucks and the Raptors do three games, mm. you know, within the last oh, yeah. six they weeks only of the season. Once this season, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of Bucks Raptors. So we've got a couple of those to look forward to. So I want to watch Zion versus LeBron. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, this is the first time because these two teams have played Pelicans Lakers, but yeah, uh, missing Zion in the first two. So what are you going with, Lee? I, I think I'm going with Zion because he continues to perform. He had yeah, 28 against the uh, Warriors, sure, but they needed that win, and they need these wins badly right now because they're a game and a half behind the Blazers, who are also playing tonight against the Celtics. Half game. Oh, half game. Is it? Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, but, yeah, the, the if the Pelicans make the playoffs this season that'll be a, an incredible story. They were awful early on, obviously when Zion wasn't there, and now he is largely responsible for them being now on the cusp of getting into the playoffs. Could he still win Rookie of the Year? Uh, You know what? I think we said no before he came back. I'm actually saying I think he can still. I think he can. He's the best rookie. He's better than John Moran. He is. He is. Does he have enough games? Yes, he does. Uh, And right now, I mean, he's performing every single night. Yeah. I mean, since he's come back, what, like sort of latest January, they're eight and five. They've won five of their last six. He has been incredible. He's had a lot of really, really just solid games. And uh, I mean, this will be uh, like all eyes. I don't know how many people are like tuning in to watch Zion and the Pelicans on League Pass, but you got a TNT marquee game here. It's the Lakers. 
I mean, this would be, uh, this would help, let's just say, I don't think it's going to happen ultimately, but this would sure help like his rookie of the year chances oh, if yeah. he had a monster game versus LeBron, maybe in a win, again, on TNT, that would, uh, you know, that, that would be fresh in the minds of a lot of voters, I would think, maybe come voting time if he continued to keep this up. So yeah. Interesting to see what happens, too, because kind of his one worst game so far this year was against the Bucks. He shot like 5 of 19 because yeah. they've got a lot of good defenders yeah. with a lot of length at the rim. That's something that Zion's going to see against mm-hmm. the Lakers tonight. But also, we got to give a major shout-out to the Memphis Grizzlies, losing three straight in California, holding up their end of the you deal it. to make this a race for the eighth seed. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it didn't help that they lost uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. To, mm-hmm. to injury, or it did help, I guess, if you want, to, <laughs> exactly. if you want, exciting, if you want a race. If you want more of an exciting uh, eight-seeded race here, yeah. Potential first-round matchup, though, this Pelicans-Lakers, if they could get in there. Yeah. That's what we would see. Uh, you know, Trey sort of mentioned it there. I, I really want to see, you know, guys like uh, Zion, uh, Zion go up against, like, Dwight and Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee because they're big, long, stronger guys. And we've seen already a couple of highlights from Zion where he can just out-muscle guys. Now he's going up against, like, old man sort of muscle it's completely different <laughs> right. but, he, but he threw Stephen Adams out the way yeah. I mean you don't get much tougher than him so uh, the, but this is now a real a real sort of barometer for Zion uh, and, and the Pelicans because they've won some games that they should win and now it's like against the Lakers team that are you know they're going for the win as well of course they're not they're not going to be uh, mailing this one in so Great challenge for Zion, and uh, if he can, you know, if he can make some noise against LeBron and the Lakers, oh, that's yeah. uh, that that's going to help his case. But I, I think the Rookie of the Year, if the Pelicans make it into the playoffs, regardless of what happens with Murray, they they probably won't both make the playoffs. No, but, no. But but I think that does certainly tilt it in Zion's favor. Wow, I, I, I think it does. I really do. So there's more at stake. Well, and, than and remember, the race for eight. You know, the Rookie talk- of the Year is online. What if they both don't make it? Well, yeah, the Blazers that's take it. Interesting. The mm, haven't thought they got about any that. rookies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, we talk a lot about timing for awards, and Morant had a fantastic start. He hasn't been as notable lately. Uh, but if Zion finishes, you know, in a flurry, and, and again the Pelicans make it, I think that I think that puts him in the in the uh, box seat. I don't there. know. I know. I, I look. I want it. I want to lean into that take. I, I want to hope it's true, <laughs> uh, just because it, it you know it obviously gives us the debate and all that. But John Morant has had an incredible season. No question. Season is the key word here. Yeah. But uh, has he hit but the wall? Trey's fair. I mean, I don't know. That gets into the whole thing. Are you giving it just to who was the best rookie? Or is it, you know, is it the actual work of the entire breadth of the season? It'll probably be the work of the season. Probably, and I think that's totally fair. Yeah, so far, Ja has played 1,500 minutes and Zion has played 300 minutes. Wow, Mm. oh my goodness. That's a bit of a difference. And his his team is good, surprisingly good on Mm -hmm. top of that, you know, talking about expectations. And he's a point guard, probably maybe the most difficult position for a young guy to pick up and lead a team right away. Yeah, he's got the highlights to match like Zion. It's... It's uh, it's cool that it will be closer. I mean, yeah, at the very this least. is not a Joel Embiid, Malcolm Brogdon scenario. No. Right, right, where right, right. he was play like he was like 13 points a game that season, but every other rookie was very bad. John Morant would be Rookie of the Year. He'll probably still be Rookie of the Year this year, but he would be Rookie of the Year a lot of seasons, I would think. That's who we have for what you got. Let us know if you agree or disagree on Twitter. Hashtag No Dunks at No Dunks Inc. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to tell you more about the great things going on at the Athletic. The Athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers out there covering every major team in every major league in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Experienced national writers like David Aldridge and John Hollinger provide a league-wide outlook. Incredible team scribes like Eric Kareen and Tim Kawakami give an inside look to your favorite squad. Fun stuff like how New Balance scooped Kawhi Leonard by Big Waz. All the latest NBA juice with Sham Sharanya 
I just read Why Zach Greinke is the Most Interesting Man in the World by Jason Jenks and Alec Lewis. Yes, I read a baseball article. That's how good the writers are at The Athletic. And you can customize the teams and leagues you follow, creating your own personal sports page. Simply put, we have the best sports newsroom on the planet. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can see for yourself by signing up for a free trial. Head to theathletic.com slash no dunks to save 40% on an annual subscription. That works out to three bucks a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. What are you waiting for? That's theathletic.com slash no dunks to save 40%. Zach Greinke, a pitcher, said hitting a baseball is not that hard. Find out what he did when he stepped into the batter's box at The Athletic. Well, yesterday, a memorial service inside Staples Center celebrated the lives of Lakers legend Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi. More than 20,000 people, yet friends, family, those who acquired tickets through a lottery crowded into the arena with ticket proceeds benefiting the Mamba and Mamba Sita Sports Foundation. Pretty powerful stuff. Vanessa Bryant, Jordan, Shaq, um, Deanna Tarasi, uh, excuse me, were among those who spoke during the memorial. Beyonce, Alicia Keys, Christina Aguilera, they all performed. Uh, I'm sure you guys watched this or caught this later in the day. Was there a particular speech or moment uh, that was, I don't know, most moving to you or poignant? Um, or what was your just really biggest takeaway? I thought it was uh, incredibly done. And, and Vanessa speaking was, uh, I, I don't know how. I don't know how she, you know, find the, the strength and courage to do that. But did it, spoke elo- eloquently about her daughter and Kobe. What was your, your favorite moment, I guess? If, if that, I know it's a, sort of a weird question to ask, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, those, those sorts of memorials uh, are obviously sad and somber, but there were some funny moments. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was a celebration yes. of his, of their lives yeah. is the important part. And uh, I thought, uh, outside of Vanessa, who was brilliant, just incredibly courageous uh, and, and spoke so eloquently about her husband and her daughter and her other daughters as well and, and, and their life. Um, but Shaq's couple of little comments there about Kobe. Shaq was uh, short and sweet, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how he's saying he was going to uh, help uh, Kobe's daughters, but not teach them how to shoot free. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, funny. That was, that was great. And then also talking about the uh, how, how he and Kobe, when they were talking, there was no I in team. And Kobe retorted with, there's, there's an ME in that mother. <laughs> it was Shaq just, couldn't even help him. No, like, no. Ah, I'm gonna drop it. Uh, <laughs> Good, you know, yeah, like exactly. so. So when you, you know, when you're feeling sad and and you know there's tears coming down and then someone throws in a couple of gags like that, it, it's uh, it, it's really well done. So mm-hmm. I thought, I thought Shaq. Okay, I thought it was Michael Jordan for sure. I thought that was the most human Michael Jordan that you've probably ever seen since he has been affiliated with the NBA since 1984. He was getting jokes off about the crying Jordan meme, which was (laughs) hilarious. And also just to hear about the relationship between MJ and Kobe, because he started by saying you probably would be surprised to find out that we were very close. And I think that's true because it just didn't seem like MJ was close to anybody except for like the guys he went to college with. And then he was just kind of closed off from the world because he was too famous. But apparently him and Kobe had that in common, also had the desire to be the greatest and uh, Jordan, it sounded like, was pretty bugged about that at yeah. the beginning, but yeah. he's like, he wore me down, yeah. and then I kind of just realized this guy is driven the same way I am, so I'm going to help him out to, uh, to the greatest of my abilities, and I don't know. That was just very very cool to see from Michael Jordan, a guy that you don't hear giving speeches no. a lot anyway. We just had the All-Star game in Chicago, and everyone was like, oh, man, no Michael Jordan? Yeah. It was better than he was at uh, the Kobe Memorial. Yeah. Yeah, the tears were absolutely streaming down his face. And in a way, they weren't streaming down his face when he had his Hall of Fame speech. I mean, that was 
those were waterworks for my, for Michael Jordan. Even though he wasn't the most eloquent speaker out there, he was uh, he was extremely extremely moved by what was going on through his body and uh, what's happened uh, over the last month to to him and how he feels about his little brother, as he calls him. Uh, the uh, the moment really was it was Vanessa Bryant and uh, you know her being the the leader of that household, the matriarch of that family, and trying to hold things together in that household with her three daughters and being able to get up there. And uh, like, like many, many, many mothers in the world, uh, being able to be strong and being able to be resilient and keeping that household together, undoubtedly, that was, uh, that was the moment for me. That being said, let's keep with the, uh, the, the female side of things. And there was the Oregon Ducks player, Sabrina Ionescu, who has been sort of tutored by Kobe Bryant uh, throughout her college career and probably before that, and has been sort of a tutor to Gigi Bryant as well. Or was it was a tutor to Gigi Bryan, unfortunately. And now she's a player who went out yesterday, was in the memorial, and then went out and balled yesterday for the Oregon Ducks and became the first player in NCAA history, in D1 history, male or female, to record 2,000 career points, 1,000 career assists, and 1,000 career rebounds on that day. She spoke at the memorial for Kobe Bryant. So that was... That was something. Those are just dumb numbers, but she spoke uh, eloquently and... uh, uh, and was you know a, a factor in Gigi's life, and and so yeah. it was good to see somebody who isn't, you know, a, a, a huge name, a huge, just a, a a name in the in the NBA, but but somebody who uh, will be a big a big name in the WNBA as well. So uh, yeah, that was a testament, I think, to Gigi and and the the whole day, the whole day. That it was it was a, a very moving. A few hours. A lot of these athletes in attendance at the memorial in the morning, West Coast time, and then going and playing games around the rest of the, you know, North America. Harden, Booker, I mean, just off the top of my head, there's a couple more as well. Uh, Pretty pretty crazy. Uh, In other news, you know, flipping it over here, Pacers guard Jeremy Lamb. He's going to miss the rest of the season with a left knee injury. Lamb was injured in the second quarter of the Pacers' 46-point loss on Sunday in Toronto. He was going up for the breakaway dunk, sort of in transition. Terrence Davis II challenged, I, I think, co- totally clean. He even got a piece of the ball, nothing malicious, no pushing or anything like that. But land, landed awkwardly, and he immediately grabbed the area behind his knee there, um, just below his hamstring. Team officials announced that he had a torn ACL, a torn lateral meniscus, and a lateral fracture in the bone. All of that happened just from sort of landing again awkwardly um, after the dunk attempt and, and the foul on that. So this is, um, you know, obviously unfortunate news for the Pacers in their season. You know, they don't they miss Oladipo the whole year. Lamb plays well in a starting role. Okay, Oladipo comes back. You know, they were they had some hiccups. Lamb's trying to find his role again as a as a guy coming off the bench and a scorer off the bench, and now he goes down uh, for the rest of this season. Maybe even majority of next season with uh, how much in, uh, how much damage is done to that left knee. So bummer news for the Pacers here. Yeah, I mean, you said it though there. Like, usually you hear about one of those sort of injuries, but for all three of them to happen at the same time. And the guy gets up and goes and, and shot, shoots yeah. the free throws with yeah. that going on in his leg. Yeah, so he's only 27. So, you know, there is plenty of time uh, still for him mm-hmm. to rehabilitate and get back. But, yeah, he's, you know, he's bounced around a couple of teams. He's shown he can be a valuable sort of role player. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think I think the, the Pacers are certainly going to miss, miss him what he's provided to them this season. So... Tough break for uh, for him and Indiana. Luckily, he's guaranteed money over here over the next couple of years. Mm. Like I'm always happy, you know, happy. I throw that in air quotes when someone goes down with like a, a season-ending injury that could lead into next year, and you're like, 
uh, like the Cousins thing or something right. like that. You're like, oh, man, that's just that like a double whammy. Not only is the guy wants to play ball and he's, now he's out, but well, there, he's, now, now money is off the table because, uh, because of the timing at all. He's guaranteed Lamb is another $10.5 million over the next two years. So yeah. can use that, obviously, to rehabilitate it and hopefully can still contribute in the league. Yeah, and the Pacers just have to hope that Victor Oladipo can be better because he hasn't been good so far since no. he came back. Eight games, 10 points a game. He's shooting 33% from the field and 25% from the three-point line. Lamb has been able to give them a little bit of an outside threat and has definitely just taken the role of being a starter. So, uh, yeah, Oladipo, hopefully that he can get in a little bit of a rhythm. Hopefully he can develop chemistry with uh, the playmakers that they got going there. Because otherwise, you're getting a lot of Justin Holiday, and I don't think that uh, bodes well for the Pacers' upset chances in a playoff series. No, probably not. Though I will say they've, they've, the Pacers have had this year like a pretty good second unit when it's the Holiday Bros, and then it's like TJ McConnell and Doug McDermott and Sabonis. It's this really weird, like sort of small line. It's had success when it's played this year. I, I don't know if we'll see more of it or less of it because of, yeah, Holiday sliding up into a starting position if that happens. But you know, decisions to be made here mm-hmm. for Coach McMillan. And, and, yeah, they're struggling right now, too, on top of it uh, with the timing of the injury. Bummer news there for Jeremy Lamb. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night comes from our friends at Mashable. Yes, that website. Uh, Mashable still website, still kicking, still giving you all the info you need, including... Jif Peanut Butter, spelled J-I-F, you know Jif, uh, has released a product which aims to end the debate, the classic debate, on how you pronounce the word GIF, oh those God. fun things we see on the internet. Uh, they have a peanut butter jar out with two labels on it. One, sided has the, one side has the letters G-I-F with the subheading Animated Looping <laughs> Images and Hard G Pronunciation. It's like... The, you know, those little labels you'll see on a label, the little circle information that'll yeah. say new and better, better improved product. It says hard G pronunciation. And the other side is their standard J-I-F subheading creamy peanut butter, soft G pronunciation. This product produced in conjunction with Giphy. Uh, just a little promotion for sure. the website Giphy and for gifts overall. <laughs> just just well, for how did, well, how did this take this long yeah, to get for real. this product? That's crazy. Uh, yeah, crazy. That sort of been popping uh, like three or four years ago. Sure, but uh, I don't know. I guess people will buy it. So it's ten bucks. That's a lot of money on Amazon. It's ten dollars to buy a jar of peanut butter. Wow. Isn't that a lot for peanut butter? How yeah. much is the uh, the the non internet branded one? I mean, I guess that's the comparison. Yeah, that's why I would assume that's a lot of money. I didn't six Google. Six bucks, probably. I'm a sixer. I would guess about yeah. a sixer for a nice jar, yeah. nice jar. Nice jar. Yeah. I sometimes do those toofas in the in the pack. You oh know? yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, so are you a are you a gif? Or I've a always GIF been man? a gif. I've always been a gif. You're man. a gif man. I'm both at times. You s- it just depends. Yeah, like sleepers and <laughs> studs. Um, studs. No, no, no. They're clearly different. Yeah, but you wear both. Yeah, well, I did, yeah. So you say GIF and GIF. <laughs> I just don't know because it depends on the audience you're with too because some people are adamant like, no, it's GIF. Oh, is it? I thought it was GIF. No, 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 no. Well, the Oxford Dictionary definitely pronounces it as GIF. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, the common speak out here, 
out here in the internet l- in yeah. land where we read it and we don't say it is uh it looks like it just looks like gif <laughs> especially because i i don't go to giffy lube i go to jiffy lube uh i'm a, you get someone a gift or a gift you see a, a giraffe or a giraffe mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you go that's a good point it's jiff i mean it's definitely jiff that's what the creator says yeah but yeah. i say both yeah it's just whatever comes out yeah language is fluid uh, so you will say both. Yeah, of course. And you don't care. It lo- one way Cuz Giphy, it looks like Giphy for sure. G I P H Y. It looks like Giphy. Saying yeah. Giphy there would feel weird to yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. But if I just see G I F, I want to say Jif. Mm. mm. I want to say Gif still, but maybe that's just because that's what I decided early on. That's and right. I've stuck with it. JD, mm-hmm. you got a take on this? Uh, it's definitely Gif yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Hard G. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's hear from you guys. I mean, look, this is nothing new. This, this debate's been going on for a good decade plus. How did they just yeah, do for, this? Yeah, right? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. The creator made the declaration in 2013. Yeah, I remember us talking about it. Oh, yeah. I think we did, Yeah, we addressed it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we did. On maybe a Twitter but show. It's, it's still happening. It, it literally is still happening out there. Maybe not. I believe you. I mean... This does look like a nice peanut butter. It does. Yep. Yeah. It'll, it'll it's lo- smooth, it'll right? Looks, this is smooth. smooth. Because you know 100%. my feelings on crunchy peanut butter. What? Just have peanuts. No, man. No, you no, can't no. have smooth. No. you got to no. have crunchy. No. No. But, but no, extra crunchy. They've gone overboard well, with how much crunch they've put into yeah. it. I've talked about but this. But there's before. no standard crunch. It's extra crunchy or smooth. You don't, that's, you don't need extra crunchy. is just basically peanuts. Yeah. So why don't they have the middle of the road then? Just I have mean, crunchy. They, I think they do. <laughs> Because we never had extra crunchy in Australia as kids. It was just, you know, crunchy or smooth. Right. That's fine. So I'm, I've been looking in the supermarket for crunchy. It's because we, ha- we, we, have, to have, we have to have every <laughs> single thing now. Yeah. Has to have, be an so extra, take the extra or off a then. mild. Take or the extra a, off. Just make it crunchy. It's or not extra. Or smoothie smooth or super smooth. Yeah. Really, yeah. Just, you we, can't have extra can if there's not two. a standard then. So get rid of the extra and just make it crunchy well, and smooth. We are buying two anyways. So just buy one smooth, one... Creamy. No, because one, they one come, smooth and they, one crunchy. They come together. They come you know, yeah. two, so, so two packets four. of them. That doesn't go bad. <laughs> no, I, I, Buy uh, a pack of peanuts, chop them up, and throw them in. Yeah. No, Custom crunch. I'm passing on the crunchy peanut butter to my sons because we were, we were never a smooth household. We were really? a crunchy, yeah. And I just, I, I just won't buy the smooth. Because <laughs> sometimes if you're at a hotel or, or whatever and they're like a cafeteria or the restaurant there, it's always just the creamy yeah. and smooth. There's never the crunchy. <laughs> so at home, I'm adamant. No, we must have crunchy. So you're, so you're You'll raising, see the smooth you're in the raising world. your children in a crunchy household. Yes, mm. just as I was raised in a crunchy household. <laughs> Good for you, Lee. Yeah. For you. There's got to be a two-pack that they sell with yeah. smooth and crunchy, yeah. right? And, no, one, well, and one should be called GIF, the crunchy one, and GIF, <laughs> sure. the smooth one, because GIF yeah. just sounds so much smoother without that hard G, mm. hard crunch G, for sure. Why not? I've never, I've never seen it, like the, the one-on-one. <laughs> because crazy. I guess, I guess you're, one one. I guess you're <laughs> just on one side or the other. You're not on like, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll just go through. Why do we even need two uh, plastic containers? One plastic container right down the middle, crunch on one (laughs) side. Well, then then you can, oh, am I feeling extra smooth today? Okay, I'll just stick over on the right side. Oh, maybe I want a little crunch. I'll put that in. Let me decide. Let me make it. It'll be like the uh, ice cream, you know, the uh, chocolate uh, raspberry or chocolate strawberry and vanilla ice cream. 
Where the vanilla the is always yeah the Neapolitan that's always everyone just eats the chocolate first and then the strawberry and then the vanilla is just left. Oh, so. I disagree. Strong disagree. I'm leaving that strawberry to the very end. Yeah, so I'm leaving it for I'm somebody a huge else. Vanilla guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, over the chocolate. Hell yeah, but it's not especially good over vanilla. that chocolate. No. Oh, you think that's good chocolate? You think that's good vanilla? Well, <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> you think that's good strawberry? <laughs> if it's not French vanilla, then don't eat it. Oh my god, <laughs> you hoity-toity. Right, you had your little espresso <laughs> with it. Yeah, so vanilla bean is the good vanilla, not French <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> Do you like a vanilla bean donut? I don't think I like it goes all that well on a donut. Vanilla bean. Yeah, you got a lot of vanilla bean in the in a glaze for sure. That's yeah, where the flavor's but, coming but I, from. I mean, man. like I'm talking like a standard vanilla bean donut. I'm like, I don't think it really works all that well in that uh, environment. Let's get to pick em results from last night. Uh, we had the Suns and the Jazz game. A lot of us were feeling confident about Utah picking up a big win at home, you know, getting off the schneid there. But no, no, no. Suns just blew it open in the second half there. Beat down one by 20, as I said earlier. Tass, the only one to get it right, had the Suns to cover, and they obviously hit the money line. Everybody else had the Jazz. That's an L. Um, am I technically still in it? I think I have a chance. I you got a chance. I think I still have a chance. Uh, we got Tass and Lee at seven and five. Trey's five hundred. He's six and six. And I'm three and nine, and that's the twenty fifth today. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I basically got to sort of pick against my man TK. So what's tonight's game? Boston visiting the Blazers. Mm. Both played on Sunday. You remember Boston had that great game against the Lakers. The Blazers had a nice comeback win against the Pistons. Yeah, they barely, Mello, they barely. Mello with the massive game. We didn't talk about that. With who? who Mello, sorry? Mello balled Mello. out in that game. And so the Blazers are at home. And they're five and a half point dogs getting five and a half points. Is this a crunchy spread or a smooth <laughs> spread? It's mellow soft. <laughs> I mean, five and a half points is kind of right middle in the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which team do you think is crunchier here? I'm going with the Celtics. Good question. Yeah. They're on the road. Mm. A crunchy road. Give me the Celtics. J- Jason Tater spread. <laughs> uh, I like the I like the Celtics too. Oh man, see this is tough because I do really like the Celtics to cover this. But how many nights do I have left? I mean, uh, four nights. Oh man, four so I, nights. I, so I could, if I wanted to, <laughs> just play it safe tonight if I really feel like Celtics going to win. Uh, give me the Blazers. I mean, I gotta I, I gotta get lucky here at one point. Give me the Blazers to cover. Ugh. I'm done. Start thinking of what you want me to do for the uh, pick and payoff. Lee, what do you like, though? Uh, I'll take the Blazers, sure. All right. All right. Lee likes it. Who cares? Feeling a lot better. Who cares? Who cares, he says. <laughs> He's not losing. So who cares? Okay, so, yeah, you two, uh, Tass and Lee, have the Celtics by five and a half on the road in Portland. Lee and I got the dogs. That's it for us today. Thanks for joining us. As I said, get your questions in. Comments, no dunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, JD's music selections, always smooth. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. <laughs> Crunch. You could stay.